everybody. Welcome to this Monday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. It is an exciting day to do this show today because it is post-Valentine's Day. And this one goes out to all my single fellas and single ladies out there because, man, it was just another day. Another day. I know a lot of people out there with their couples and their boyfriends and girlfriends and whatever always have such fun, expensive days on Valentine's Day, but I was not partaking in these events. I partook last night, so that would have been February 13th, for those of you who are listening, on Monday, February 15th, because I am still recording this on the 14th. Last night, on February 13th, I treated myself to a nice box of runs, as well as a nice 99-cent can of of Arnold Palmer. That was my little dessert. That was my treat to myself for being a good person on Valentine's Day. I treated myself to that stuff. And before that, I treated myself to a nice dinner of bowtie pasta, red sauce, some nice discs of mozzarella cheese, some spinach that was expired, but it still tasted the same because it was only two days expired. It didn't really matter. It was fine because it tasted fine. It expired on February 11th. Didn't matter. Wasn't open. None of the spinach was really visibly rotting. Maybe it was internally rotting, but visibly, we were fine. So we threw that in there. We had some nice, harder mozzarella cheese to sprinkle on top with some pepper, some salt, some garlic powder, some red pepper flakes, some thyme. Yes, we treated ourselves on Valentine's Eve If that's a thing, is that what it's called? I don't know what it's called. I'm not familiar in these traditions you people take up on Valentine's Day, as I have been single for a very, very long time. But as we talked about a tiny bit on the last episode of The Logan Blackman Show, which you go back and listen to that on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, we are soon to be coming out with a song at some point in the near future. If I don't have a girlfriend after this song comes out, I'll be very disappointed. Because it is a love song, and I will have ladies flocking to me, at least I would assume so. I doubt it, but that's my anticipation from this mega-hit single coming out, because we got another mega-hit single releasing the song. It's going to be fantastic, so make sure you stay tuned for that on Spotify. And we're going to have a music video coming out for that as well in the near future. Don't know when. Don't know when, we just got the vocals recorded last week. It'll take a while to get everything mixed and edited and auto-tuned because Lord knows it, I need auto-tune. So, we'll get that out to you as soon as possible. Again, don't have an exact date or time period on when that should be released, but it will be coming out within the year. Let's just do that because I can't promise anything else. It will come out within 2021. I promise that. If it comes out in March... April, or even if it comes out in February, I'll be happy because it's it was very fun to do, write my own lyrics and stuff like that. And how you can find out more updates on this and see other links to this stuff, you can go follow me on social media, Twitter account at the, no, that we don't have that Twitter account anymore, at Logan underscore Blackman, that is my personal Twitter account. You can go follow the Instagram account, Blackman Logan, that's my personal one, and we made a new Logan Blackman Show Twitter account, or Instagram account, I should say, is the Logan Blackman Show 1, because I was done with the old Logan Blackman Show Instagram account, 
weren't really making doing anything on there anymore. Thought it was time for an upgrade or an update, I guess. So I'll be posting more stuff on there. And as you've noticed, probably, I've been posting more clips on different social media platforms just to get you guys enticed, I guess. Get your get get you a little taste taste of what we've got for you on that Logan Blackman show for that day. And Friday, when we released the show, we talked about Trevor Lawrence's Pro Day, which went about as I expected. So, nothing really to see there. I saw a bunch of, like, Bleacher Report posted stuff about it. Like, this is why Trevor Lawrence is going to be drafted number one overall. His throwing on air is proving to us why he's going to be drafted number one overall. Not from what he did in college. It's this workout where he ran on air, his receivers ran on air, and, yeah, it was just a normal one a quarterback work. It was just a normal quarterback workout. Normal quarterback workout. Again, I said this on Friday. You cannot really take too much away from these workouts because it's not simulating a real playoff or football game or a real football situation. As I said, every quarterback in high school even, now on different levels of high school, like if you're a starter or at least contention for a starting job as a senior in high school or the rest of your high school, whatever, you will look good on air. Now the things you people are really looking for is velocity. That's like the main thing. Arm strength. That's the main thing. Because you can't really test accuracy with this. They're not running full speed like they're going to be running a real play. There was a play where Trevor Lawrence rolled out to the left, reverse rolled out to the right, and then threw a uh, ball to a guy who ran a double, a double move post or something like that. And then Bleach Report was all over it. Like, oh man, this is the best throw we've ever seen. Ever. Every quarterback who had a private workout did that. Whoever was at a pro day made a throw similar to that. Now, did they look as good? No, but they still looked the part. Okay? You wouldn't be able to take away. like, yep, this guy can't play. This guy stinks. As see the, now, if you suck at these no defensive workouts here, not even a cornerback or something, then you can take away like, yeah, this guy's not very good. If he can't even hit a receiver... With nobody near him, how are we going to expect him to hit a receiver with people around him and people rushing him and an offensive line getting in his way? How are we going to make him, how is he going to go through multiple reads if he can't hit a single guy running a hitch and go on the outside? How are we going to trust him in running our franchise, our billion dollar franchise? Then you got a problem. Then you probably shouldn't be running those workouts anyways. But yeah, uh, Trevor Lawrence looked about as normal as he could have I mean he didn't do anything bad didn't really do anything that was like oh my god so amazing now if I was doing this I know it's the old adage that goes for those who can't do teach and for those who can't teach talk about it that's what we're doing right now I added in that last part I would do like seven on seven pro day like you remember when Johnny Manziel did his pro day he had the full pads on and we'll talk about the fan controlled football thing in a little bit, I didn't watch it, but good lord, the highlights on Twitter and Instagram were awesome. I would highly recommend. It was just, it looked so weird. It looked like you created the uniforms on not Madden, on the Arena Football video game. That came out like 2005. Which is a goaded game. We've talked about it here on the show a few times. It's a goaded game. 
We don't need to, we're not going to disrespect the arena football game with John Duggett, John Dutton on the cover. We're not going to disrespect it. Okay? But yeah, Johnny Manziel's Pro Day came out with the full pads. Looked awesome. But yeah, uh, the only coaches that were there that I could see, maybe I missed them, was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer was standing there pretty much shoulder to shoulder with Dabo Sweeney the entire time. Staying right in front of Trevor Lawrence is like a power move. Like, oh man, I'm going to stare into his freaking soul while he's doing these throws. Trevor probably didn't even notice him. He probably, well, he did, but he didn't look at him probably the entire workout. It would have been kind of funny if Trevor Lawrence made a throw and then did like finger guns and then winked to Urban Meyer after he did something. That would have been really cool. That would have been really funny. Like, hey, Urban, I did that. He's like, yeah, I expected that. Expect you to do that. Uh, Trevor is also, this came out during the pro day, but our throw, do we, is it a pro day? Was it officially a pro day or was it just a private workout for Trevor Lawrence to throw for some NFL talent and get on TV? I'm not really sure what we're going to classify that as, but he is having left shoulder surgery, which could keep him out four to five months. But again, left shoulder surgery, it's not really going to affect his draft stock. Again, the only way his draft stock plummets to number two, because he ain't slipping past number two. If he somehow, God forbid he slips past number one, he'll follow the Jets at two, and they'll take him regardless. But at number one, Trevor Lawrence will have to either murder somebody, say a very egregious racial slur, support a terrorist group, or something along those lines. Because I don't even think him getting in a Laramie Tunzel situation with the gas mask will get him in trouble enough to forfeit the number one overall pick. I don't think that will happen. I think Trevor Lawrence is a lock to go to Jacksonville, as it showed with the amount of coaches there. Now, they could have been taking COVID protocols and weren't allowed to leave or didn't want to leave, so they just watched it on NFL Network, which you would have saw the same things as if you were there. It probably felt a little different because you were there with Trevor Lawrence, but regardless, the Jaguars were there. Jaguars are taking the number one overall. Let's move on. That's it. The draft starts with the New York Jets, okay? Because, honestly, though they're taking calls for Sam Darnold, we don't necessarily know that they're going to trade him or draft a quarterback. Or keep him. Or keep him. Which, if I'm running the Jets, if I'm Joe Douglas, which, thankfully I'm not. Thankfully I'm not the GM of the Jets. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of stuff to get through. A lot of media attention as well. I am trading Sam Darnold because I just want something new with the Jets. It hasn't worked out for either party. It's no fault of Sam Darnold. It's mostly the fault of the New York Jets. But I think for Sam's future and the Jets' future, now if you feel like you can properly equip that, equip that Jets offense with the right pieces, like with a Penny Sewell or a Rashawn Slater or a Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, something like that, Kyle Pitts, if you're feeling... Very risky with the number two pick. Then do it. If you feel like you can salvage Sam Darnold, do it. You got enough cap space. Maybe you can go out and get a guy, get an off, sign, draft an offensive lineman, and then sign like an Allen Robinson or something. Maybe. Or knowing the Jets, they'll probably get like Nelson Aguilar. Even though, even though he did have a nice little career renaissance with the Las Vegas Raiders. I've also heard they're linked with Juju Smith-Schuster. Get him reunited with Sam Darnold and, and uh. New York or New Jersey might work out. Might work out. You never know. 
But maybe that's why the Jets, maybe the Jets can get Stuju and that would help fix Sam Darnold. I don't know. But the draft starts with the number two overall pick. It was like a few years ago when the Eagles and the Rams were picking one and two. The draft started with the then San Diego Chargers. They didn't know what they were going to do. The Chargers at that point were linked with DeForest Buckner, Jalen Ramsey, Ronnie Stanley. Weren't really linked with Joey Bosa that much. But as we have seen, Joey Bosa panned out very well. Now, would they have worked out with either DeForest Buckner, Ronnie Stanley, or Jalen Ramsey? Yes. From what the Chargers were linked with, they would have came out good in the draft. I don't think they... Now, obviously, you could have gotten a top two offensive tackle with Ronnie Stanley, top five maybe. An interior pass rusher and DeForest Buckner to clog up lanes. A monster in the middle. Could have gotten the number one corner, arguably, in the NFL and Jalen Ramsey. But Joey Bosa's no slouch. Joey Bosa is one of the most underrated players in the NFL, which seems to be a theme with the Chargers. Keenan Allen is another one of those, one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. uh, Crap, Casey Hayward. I was completely blanking there. He's one of the most underrated corners in the NFL. I know he had a down year, but normally Casey Hayward should be in that conversation of top five corner in the NFL. Should be. May, if not top 10, at least. Jay, Casey Hayward is a beast of a corner. But he doesn't really get talked about as much because the other corner in L.A. is pretty good in Jalen Ramsey. It's pretty good. But yeah, the Chargers came out fine with that pick. The Jets start the draft. I'm intrigued. It's going to give up. We're going to hear it a lot about what the Jets are going to do with this number two overall pick. Because again, we know what Jacksonville is going to do. We are 99.999% confident the Jaguars are drafting Trevor Lawrence. So will the Jets either A, keep Sam Darnold and draft an offensive lineman or offensive weapon? B, or did I say one or two? Or A, I don't know. B, draft Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or Trey Lance, however frisky you're feeling. C, trade back. D, (laughs) trade the farm for Deshaun Watson. That's the four situations we've got going on here with the New York Jets. We got four things. Do we keep Sam? Do we draft one of the top quarterbacks in the draft? Do we trade back or do we trade for Deshaun Watson? Now, John McClain, he's a very well-connected reporter down in the Houston area with the Houston Texans. If you don't know who he is, he's on a lot of the older NFL Network Top 10s things, which is what I spent a lot of my childhood watching. Go over to my Nana and Papa's house and watch NFL Network's Top 10s. There's hundreds of those full-length episodes on YouTube. When I'm bored, I watch a 40- to 45-minute episode of NFL Network's Top 10s because they're just so awesome and packed full of knowledge and history and facts, and it's awesome to learn about the history of the NFL. He's on there a lot. Very well-connected with that Houston area. He said that if Deshaun Watson is traded, and even though the, the Houston Texans are saying they're not taking any calls, any calls they are taking, they're just saying he's not available, John McClain said that if they do trade him, it will be to the New York Jets. So, logically, just hearing on that, we would expect that if they, get tra- if he trades, if they trade Deshaun Watson, he's going up to New Jersey to play for the Jets. I've heard the links, and I've seen the links, with the Denver Broncos and the San Francisco 49ers. Now, if we're talking about fits, those two, 
are better fits than the New York Jets. But the Jets have potential and cap space and a new culture there, which is appealing to quarterbacks and other free agents available, other players available. Because the Jets are one of the most quarterback-starved franchises in the NFL, ever. You can put them up there with the Bills, the Bears, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the, geez, the Browns. There's a lot of teams that the Jets compare to, and they're in the top five in the quarterback thing. Their best quarterback is a quarterback from the 70s. They haven't had a quarterback since then. They're trying to find the next Joe Namath, and they haven't found that yet. They thought they had that in Sam Darnold because he was one of those apparent can't-miss quarterbacks, a top quarterback prospect compared to uh, Andrew Luck and John Elway. From this point on, from right now, it doesn't seem like he's that. He could be eventually, just not for the Jets. Deshaun could be that guy, and I think would definitely be that guy, as he had a career season on one of the worst teams in the NFL. And if he doesn't leave, from what it seems right now, he's going to be stuck in the same crappy situation for years and years. Because the Texans have no future. At least for this year. They're going to be terrible next year. That's guaranteed. We have a head coach that nobody was interviewing. We have a front office that nobody likes. We're not a desirable free agent exp- uh, tra- destination. We don't have any cap space. We have no draft picks for this draft. Or our first draft picks in the third round. We are screwed right now as a franchise. For our future, we suck. We're going to be bad. We are going back to the early Texans where Derek Carr got sacked. David Carr got sacked like 76 times his rookie season. I think that's right. I could have that number spot on. I don't know if I got it exactly right, but it's around 76 sacks. NFL record. But man, Deshaun to the 49ers. Let's talk about that one first. Because the links have been coming out recently about Deshaun Watson to the 49ers and the Broncos. The 49ers have been constantly linked, constantly linked with Deshaun Watson. So here's my thinking here. That would make a lot of sense. They got Kyle Shanahan. Got very good offensive-minded head coach. One of the best minds on offense in the NFL. You've got good weapons outside. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Raheem Mostert is still there. Jeez, I'm a little gassy, I'm sorry. That's a very desirable destination. You don't need to play in cold weather. You're on the San Francisco Bay. You're good, or Santa Clara technically, but you're good. That'd be a fun destination. you got a good defense if they can stay healthy. Obviously, that Jets game screwed up their entire season, essentially. But the thing is, I don't think the Niners will move off Jimmy G this season. I think that's a next-year situation. Now, I have zero sources that say this. It's just a gut feeling that I have. I have, again, zero sources. We're pretty shit in that regard because we <laughs> we are not connected to any NFL franchise at this current moment. Never have been. So when I say something, that's just how I'm feeling at this point in time. And trying to take in all the information I can from different news articles, which can tell conflicting information from time to time. Like one day, we said Deshaun Watson only wants to go to the Jets and Dolphins. The second day, we got uh, that he just that he would just like to go there. Those aren't the only two places he would go. So like we get new stuff every day. But I think the Niners will stick with Jimmy G this season. But I had them drafting Trey Lance, the quarterback from North Dakota State, 
in my latest mock draft, and I think that's the most logical thing the Niners can do. Or, crazier thought, the Niners could stick with Josh Rosen because he did just sign an extension with the 49ers. Maybe they want to try him out eventually. He's from California. He saw what he could do at UCLA. He just got that weird attitude problem that saw him get dipped after, out of Arizona after his first season. And then Miami and Tampa Bay and now San Fran. He's been in the league for three years. He's played for four teams. I think he's only dressed for two of them. I don't know if he's dressed for the, the 49ers. I know he didn't dress for the Buccaneers. I shouldn't say no. He might have. I didn't watch every single Buccaneers game he was on the Bucks for. But I think Jimmy G will be the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers this season. I could be wrong in that, but my gut is telling me Jimmy G is still the Niners quarterback because they know what they can do with him for some reason for not being an amazing quarterback, like a transcendent talent at quarterback. They win a vast majority of their games with him. And they lose a lot of games without him. It is an insane stat that I've never really seen before, especially with a quarterback that's just below middle of the road in the NFL. It's crazy. You see a guy like Deshaun Watson struggling in Houston, but you see the Niners absolutely struggling without Jimmy Garoppolo. It's crazy. Is he worth that massive contract? Hell no. He only played six games when they signed that stupid thing. But they win a lot with him. The only problem is, is he can't stay healthy. And I think that after next season, the Patriots are obviously the most logical fit because of the fact Bill Belichick never wanted to get rid of him in the first place. He wanted to keep him and get rid of Brady. Now they're both gone, and the Bucs missed the playoffs, and the Niners have been to a Super Bowl with Jimmy G, and the Bucs just won the freaking Super Bowl. But yeah, it's crazy. I don't get it. I don't get at all how good they are with him versus not. Now, there's a lot of different factors into that, but just the records speak for themselves. I think, though, we obviously said the Patriots. We're not gonna we're gonna try and not talk about the Patriots as much because that's obviously the most logical spot. It makes the most sense. There's a lot of links there. The Texans make a lot of sense as well because you got Nick Casario, Jack Easterby, who have links with the New England Patriots, who were there with Jimmy Garoppolo, could want to bring him down to Houston. Now, the problem is, I don't know if they could afford his contract. That's the bigger issue we've got facing down there in Houston. But that one makes sense. Indianapolis was linked to him last year. They tried to talk a trade with them while they were getting to Forrest Buckner. Talked with Jimmy G as well. He's got a lot of different links, a lot of different places he could go. But obviously the most logical ones, the New England Patriots. So I, that being said, with San Francisco, I think Jimmy G stays there this year. Denver, I don't know if they're 100% ready to give up on Drew Locke. I do think it'd be smarter for them to get Deshaun Watson because this offense is one of the best, and we're talking about pure offensive talent. you got Jerry Judy, uh, K.J. Hamler, Noah Fant, good running backs, and Phillip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. you got my – I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. The tight end from Missouri – Cortland Sutton will be back next year. So, and an improving offensive line as well. Garrett Bowles, it was vastly improved from this season as opposed to previous seasons with the Denver Broncos as he was a walking, talking, holding machine 
while playing left tackle for the Denver Broncos. But Deshaun Watson would unlock that offense. Unlock the offense. I don't know if they can do that with Drew Locke. Maybe they can find his potential this year. But I don't know if they're ready to give up on him yet. My thinking here is the fact that I think that the Broncos will rather go out and get somebody like a veteran type guy to motivate him or light a fire underneath him or something like that. I saw the Andy Dalton was expected to sign a contract with them. I don't know if he actually did or not, but that would make a lot of sense for the Denver Broncos is get a guy like Andy Dalton, who before getting lit, uh, released from Cincinnati, openly said, I'm willing to sit behind Joe Burrow and teach him the ways of the NFL. I think the Broncos, and Drew Locke especially, need someone like that because Drew Locke's got potential. He's got a lot of potential in there. They just need to figure out how to unlock it a little bit. But I think those two places for Deshaun Watson, if we're talking about weapons and potential of those two teams and ready to win now mode, I know neither one of those two teams made the playoffs last year, but those are gonna those could be fun teams if properly utilized. And Deshaun Watson would definitely help accelerate the goodness, I guess, of those two teams. He's definitely an upgrade on the two quarterbacks they got already in Drew Locke and Jimmy Garoppolo. But I think both teams, I think this is their last year guaranteed, or not guaranteed, but last year as the starter of these franchises. I think if it doesn't work out for either one of them, they're gone. I think Jimmy G is gone regardless at the end of the season. Drew Locke, I think, has this season, and then the Broncos are ready to move on. Because there was so much potential and hype going into last season, and it just didn't work out. Now that goes down to a couple of things. Got a bunch of injuries all over the field for the Broncos. That really hurt them. So it didn't provide a lot of consistency with the playmakers that the Denver Broncos had. So that hurt Drew Locke in that aspect. And then also the bunch of weird situations going around the team with the COVID situation. He didn't get a lot. Of, he didn't get necessarily the amount of playing time he probably wanted or expected going into the season. So I think this is his last year with the Broncos. Guaranteed to be with the Broncos. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they do, in fact, trade him. But, yeah, I, I just think at this point in time, I think they just keep Drew Locke and hope that he progresses. The Jets went with three years with Sam Darnold. Now I know Sam Darnold is a better prospect and a better college player, arguably more tools in his arsenal than Drew Locke. But Drew Locke's got a very strong arm, put up really good numbers at Missouri. So you've got you've got something there. You just need to figure out how to unleash it. But will Deshaun Watson get traded? I don't know. I I hope he does. Just not to the AFC East. Preferably to the NFC. Preferably to the San Francisco 49ers. Because that way I don't need to deal with him twice a year. And I can only wait for him either once, what, every four years or two years. I don't know how that old scheduled thing works out. I'm not very smart in that regard. Or deal with him in the Super Bowl. I've already dealt with Deshaun Watson in the playoffs. And it sucked. I hated it. It made me, it made me not cry, but it made me upset. It, made, it hurt my feelings, Deshaun. You're one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL. Why'd you have to do that to me? I think we've gone over this before. My top five quarterbacks I enjoy watching Deshaun Watson is easily on that top five list. I don't know if I'd say he's number one, but I'd say it's Josh Allen. This is no order, but Josh Allen, number one. I will say that's in order. But Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson's in there, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, when he's on, is awesome to watch. 
And Kyler Murray can be up there. I know that's not five, but that's, that would be my list. Tom Brady, when he's losing a game and he gets pissed off, that's very fun to watch as well. It's fun to watch him to do it to other teams, like the Falcons, like the Kansas City Chiefs. That was really fun to watch. I thoroughly enjoyed watching that. I would watch it a thousand times over again if I could, which I can, because I'm pretty sure it's all over social media. YouTube, they'll throw, they'll throw on the replays of that on TV all the freaking time, so I'm good. I'll be watching that quite a bit. But I thought this was kind of fun. With Russell Wilson's situation, I forgot to talk about it on a Friday. That's my, that's my bad. I apologize for that. Not talking about Russell Wilson's situation, how he complained about the offensive line. My dad and I listened to that entire Dan Patrick interview. Dan was fishing like crazy. He was he set out the bait, and Russell Wilson tried his hardest not to bite it, but he did. And then everybody took those quotes and ran with it. We got publications for days, all these different media accounts said. Because Russell Wilson's upset that he gets sacked a lot. Almost, what, is it 500 or 400 times? Either way, he's on pace to be the most sacked player in NFL history. He's played nine years in the NFL, nine, ten years in the NFL. He's three sacks away from either 500 or 400. Can't remember. I don't have the stats in front of me. I saw it on Thursday Whenever they post that the first time, whenever that got spread out all over social media about Russell Wilson not being happy, you know what? I don't. I, I I would be upset too if I got hit that much. But here's the problem: you should never, as a starting quarterback at any level, call out a position group. You saw Patrick Mahomes do that with the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, the offensive line not blocking the receivers, dropping some balls, not being where they're supposed to be. Don't do that, because then you'll get a lot of angry people. Because they might not be doing good, but they're still getting paid to do this. This is their job, and you're openly telling them that they suck at their job. Which they do, but you keep that internally, or tell your wife or something. You don't really spread that out to the media and go like, yeah, I'm pretty angry. Unless they can see it, which it doesn't look like the Seahawks can really see it, because they don't seem too happy with this whole situation either. As regards to the Texans players... They understand that they traded away a lot of good people and released a lot of good people as well and traded away their future for nobody and have a terrible cap situation, no head coach, no GM, Zach Easterby, they're they're screwed. Players understand that. When you call out a whole position group, while you just made the playoffs and your numbers towards the end of the season were not very good, how the Seahawks passing offense pretty much stalled into a non-existent muck towards the end of the season... Then you'll get a lot of upset people in the organization, whether it be in the management areas, the coaching, the players, whatever. Gets upsetting. But just don't do that. It's like, I thought Russell Wilson wouldn't do that because he seems like the kind of guy that wouldn't call out a position group like that. But you just can't afford to do that as a starting quarterback because you know what? They might not be blocking you for you very well now, they're going to be blocking for you a lot worse <laughs> when you go out there and play again. Maybe they didn't take it to heart. Maybe the media is just running with it. As they, as per usual, you got to get clicks and headlines, you know. It's the main thing of the media. Accuracy is not necessarily always the most important thing. It's about getting it out there first. Because you get clicks and attention and you get paid off that rather than being accurate. You don't get paid off being accurate. You get paid off clicks. 
and views. That's what you get paid off of. Don't care about accuracy. Goddamn accuracy, right? But Russell Wilson's an amazing quarterback, and whoever gets him, if he leaves Seattle, which I didn't really see him leaving Seattle anytime soon, but he could very well leave Seattle. And where could he go? I've seen him also linked with the Broncos. The Raiders have been linked. John Gruden has always been a very big fan of Russell Wilson throughout his time in the NFL, even during the draft. He was one of the very few people who liked the Seahawks pick of Russell Wilson. Because remember, that was a very, a lot of people hated that. The Seahawks draft that year was bashed everywhere. Bruce Irvin was taken in the first round. I think Bobby Wagner, second round, then Russell Wilson, third round. Everybody bashed that draft. Bobby Wagner, first ballot Hall of Fame linebacker, one of the best players in the NFL regardless of position, 99 club in Madden. Whatever, you can view that as important or not, but I will just for the sake of this. And then Russell Wilson, one of the best quarterbacks of his generation, first ballot Hall of Famer as well, Super Bowl champion, both of them, all, all three of them are. Bruce Irvin, good player. Not to the level of Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner, but still a good player, very important piece to that Seahawks team that won the Super Bowl and then went back to the Super Bowl. That was graded a terrible draft by a lot of people out in media, which is why, again, it's not about being right or accurate. It's about knee-jerk reactions and getting it out first. But now you get the screenshots and go see it on freezing cold takes, which is pretty fun. My favorite freezing cold take, just a little side note, I had one, do I still have the screenshot? Because I I sent it to freezing cold takes on Instagram. And it was about EJ Manuel. For those of you who don't know, Bills quarterback, legend, you know the drill. EJ Manuel is, is goaded. He's awesome. One of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. Now, I do think that he was hurt by Doug Marone, who was a terrible head coach, not a great human being. So I, don't, I feel kind of bad for EJ Manuel in that regard. I do think he was talented. It was one of the worst quarterback draft classes of all time. He was the first and only Quarterback drafted in the first round, pick 16, I believe, by the Buffalo Bills. My dad and I were at an Iowa Barnstormers game when that pick went in. Following it on our the old school ESPN website on the mobile phones. Mobile phones. I, just sound, I sounded like 80. I was 80 years old there. We were following it on that. Saw EJ Manuel's name pop up. I was like, oh, look, EJ Manuel drafted a quarterback. Because drafting quarterbacks always exciting. We talked about it before. We've talked about that before. It masks all the other issues in the franchise, but quarterback is the most loved and hated position in all sports. It's the most electrifying position in sports in regards to attention and how important you're viewed within franchises and in your sport as opposed to other sports. But here was Bleacher Report, and Bleacher Report is known for getting everything 100% accurate and not just going for clicks and stuff. And not going, taking headlines out of context and blasting them on their website. But this was one. This was by Alex Dunlap. This was April 29th, 2013. It's my favorite freezing cold take ever. And I found this on accident. I just searched EJ Manuel one day. Because I was trying to find out something. I think it was for a Friday fun day we did. Where I ranked on a tier list all the quarterbacks that were taken first in the NFL draft since 97 or something like that. And I found this clip. Here's the first part of the article. And the 2013 NFL draft has come and gone, and now the quote-unquote draft community will go their separate ways. When we reconvene, we'll all be looking for the same thing. Quote, the next EJ Manual. I'll say this now. This is coming from someone who, again, is not connected to any NFL franchise. 
But, speaking from an outsider perspective, I could be wrong about this. I don't think there is a lot of people searching for the next EJ Manual. I apologize to EJ and Alex Dunlap on that. And this is how the article ended. EJ Manual's gonna go off. One of my favorite freezing cold takes ever. Love it. I actually sent that in. He, he or she, whoever runs that account, I don't know who runs it, did not even respond. Didn't even view it. The pain I felt for thinking I found a gem of freezing cold take. Didn't even read it. Maybe they didn't see it. Maybe they didn't see it. I don't know. But it made me angry. I was so angry. What was what, what were we talking about here? I don't even remember. Why did we cut off into this freezing cold take thing? I don't know. This makes me upset. I don't even remember why I was in here. But let's just go back to <laughs> freezing cold take. We were talking about Russell Wilson. Man. So, that Russell Wilson thing, now that we're back somewhat on task, I think, got me thinking, last Thursday, I typed this thing up. And I talked about it a little bit on Friday's show. It was, what if every quarterback was put on a different team? Yeah, traded, free agent, released, whatever. We're throwing every quarterback in the NFL on a new team. I didn't talk about it on Friday. I probably should have because it was a very well-thought-out article I wrote. It was not even really an article. Some of these, I just threw them on there just to throw them on there. Some of them have reason. Some of them had reasoning. Okay? Some. But there are some that don't. And I was just like, this would fit because of what they used to have, and this would work in this situation. So, yeah, this is how I started it off. I never posted this anywhere. I just kind of kept it for myself just for a little fun. And it says, this offseason is about to be crazy. There's a lot of QBs that could be on the move before this upcoming season. So, for this paper, I'm not only going to move the QBs that are rumored to be moved, but moving every QB. No QB is safe here. Every team is ready ready to move on from their current starter. Without further ado, let's see which QB will be where next season. Now, I did put a little note in here. This is every starting QB from last season. No rookies, no retirements, except for Drew Brees's, because I just threw Jameis Winston on there. I don't know. I'm sorry. I didn't count it. I didn't calculate that. So you won't see Trevor Lawrence on here, but you will see Phillip Rivers. Okay. AFC North, Baltimore, I threw Kyler Murray there. I think he's a similar skill set to that of Lamar Jackson. I just think it fit there with the skill set and everything. Cincinnati, I threw Jared Goff. Obviously, he's the quarterback of the, since the Detroit Lions. Uh, Zach Taylor was the QB coach for the Rams when Goff was their starter, and Goff's best season was with Zach Taylor there. So here they're reconnected in Cincinnati. Cleveland, I threw Mitchell Trubisky. Remember, in the 2018 draft, the Browns were linked heavily with Trubisky and instead decided the draft to Sean Kaiser. Worked out beautifully for them, in my in my humble opinion. And also decided to trade the pick that was used to select Deshaun, to, to Sean Watson to trade back, and then the second round go, yeah, we'll get to Sean Kaiser. So you know when I say, this is a really random tidbit, but remember when I say, don't take a lot away from on-air workouts? Take a lot away from interviews and what coaches say. Because Brian Kelly, Deshaun Kaiser's coach at Notre Dame, said, dude's not ready to play. He should have come back to college. What happened? The Browns drafted him in the second round and then started him every single game. He started all 16 games his rookie year. Went 0-16. 
One of the worst rookie seasons of all time. Brian Kelly literally said, this dude's not ready. He should have come back to college. So what did the Browns and their infinite wisdom think? Let's start him every single freaking game. That is Browns logic. At least the Hugh Jackson logic. <laughs> oh, God. But Trubisky was linked heavily there. It was, it, honestly, if you remember this, it was between Miles Garrett and Mitchell Trubisky for that number one overall pick, if you remember back then. Because you can hear, if you go back and watch the old draft footage, you can hear Mike Mayock just say, do the smart thing, which is draft Miles Garrett. But they were heavily linked there. I don't think Trubisky's linked there anymore, but maybe he is. He's from Ohio, which is the main reason why they were linking him there. But just for the sake of this, I threw him back in Cleveland. Pittsburgh, Sam Darnold is with the Jets now. I think this is a really good situation for Sammy Darnold. Now, you could throw him in, like, a bunch of different situations, to be honest. You could throw him in San Francisco. You could throw him in Los Angeles. You could throw him in Indy. You could throw him in Houston. I don't care. You can throw him in New Jersey to the other New Jersey team, the Giants. But I threw him in Pittsburgh. I think him and Mike Tomlin would be – I think Tomlin would help reestablish his confidence. Very similar style of quarterback to Ben Roethlisberger. Not as strong of an arm and not as big as Ben, but similar play style coming out of college to Ben. So I think that would fit in with what the Steelers like to do. I think he'd help. I think he'd be a nice fit in Pittsburgh, regardless if we're doing this situation or if we're doing it in real life. AFC South, Houston, Lamar Jackson, uh, David Coley's there. Is my only reasoning behind this. And they're going to have some problems. Lamar Jackson can hopefully run around and solve those problems. Yeah, that was my only reasoning behind that. Again, some of these don't have any reasoning. Other, either very small amounts of reasoning, like that one. Very small amounts of reasoning, but still reasoning nonetheless. Indianapolis, Carson Wentz. I think this should happen in real life, but we don't know if it will happen. Frank Reich's obviously the head coach there. Carson Wentz and Frank Reich had very great success in Philadelphia. Carson Wentz was going to win the MVP before he tore his ACL. Reconnect in, in Indianapolis. I just think that makes sense regardless of we're doing this fake thing, a real thing, whatever. He should go to Indy. Jacksonville, Daniel Jones, no reasoning. I ran, when I was almost done with this thing, I had like four quarterbacks left. I couldn't figure out where the hell I was going to throw them. So I kind of just spread them out. Daniel Jones was one of them. Uh, the Jaguars were picking seventh in the draft. The Giants took Daniel Jones and reportedly a lot of teams behind the Giants were thinking about drafting Daniel Jones. Maybe the Jaguars were one of them. I don't know. Doubt it. But maybe they were. So I just threw him down here in Jacksonville. I don't have any reasoning behind that pick whatsoever. Tennessee, Derek Carr. I had reasoning for this. But I'm blanking. I did actually have reasoning for this. I'm going to have to search up the Tennessee time. I didn't type up the reasoning for this. I thought I would remember it. Which is a problem. Make sure... You remember it. Remember stuff. That's very key in uh, in doing this. Doing this kind of thing. Yeah. It was Todd Downing, the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. That was the main reason. He used to work for the Raiders. He was the quarterback's coach for the Raiders, offensive coordinator for a year. Get that connection back together. Obviously, Arthur Smith, the former offensive coordinator, went down to Atlanta. So, we put Derek Carr in Tennessee. Do I think that'll happen in real life? Obviously not. But... For this situation, we do. Buffalo, Teddy Bridgewater. Buffalo and the Carolina Panthers have an inseparable bond that will last forever. 
There seems like a pipeline of Panthers players going up to Buffalo. At least it seems like that. Like, just on this current team. Daryl Williams, Mario Addison, Josh Norman, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, Ken Dorsey. Like, there's so many Panthers players. Calvin Benjamin came up to, to Buffalo from Carolina. It worked out very well, if I do say so myself. There's a lot. Of, there's it's a weird connection. They work out together in the off season. The Bills and Panthers, they do that like preseason scrimmage between the teams. Teddy Bridgewater goes up to Carolina or Buffalo to play for the Bills. Miami Russell Wilson, Seahawks going down from basically the opposite side of the country, northwest of the United States, down to the southeast of the United States to the Miami Dolphins. Just a fun place to see Russell Wilson. That was really the main reason I threw him down Miami. Just a fun place to see Russell Wilson. New England, Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't really think there needs to be a lot of reasoning with this one. Bill Belichick never wanted to trade him in the first place. Brings him back to New England. New York Jets, Deshaun Watson. He wants to go there. It's one of the few teams he's linked with. Or one of the few teams. One of the teams he's linked with. He says he has a lot of connections there. John McClain says if they do trade him, he'll be to there. So, I'm going to say he goes to the Jets. AFC West, the Denver Broncos, Justin Herbert. If you don't remember this, I'll remind you. The Denver Broncos, during the 2019 NFL Draft, wanted Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, at the time, was the pretty much consensus number one pick before he decided to go back to Oregon. Because I remember talking to my dad about that. It was like, why would he go back? He's going to go number one, or at least in the top five. The Broncos, at the time, were picking 10th before they traded back and took Noah Fant and then Drew Locke in the second round. But they wanted, from what the report said, Justin Herbert. So if he stayed in the draft instead of going back to Oregon, I don't. do you think the Broncos would have just stand, stood pat at 10 and not traded up to try and take Justin Herbert? Because the Jets wanted to trade back. From what it sounded like, they took Quentin Williams who had a decent year last year, but it sounded like they wanted to trade back. Do you think the Broncos or Jets going to link up with something? Maybe. But I'm going to throw Herbert in Denver. Kansas City, Jameis Winston. I just think it'd be fun to see Jameis Winston in Andy Reid's offense. I think it'd be fun. That's my only reasoning behind it. It'd be kind of fun to watch him with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and all those guys. It'd be pretty fun. Very exciting. Interceptions galore, but very exciting offense. Las Vegas Raiders, Tom Brady. Uh, it'd be funny to watch Tom Brady in a Raiders uniform. That was a really <laughs> the tuck rule game. Uh, that's that would be really funny to see Tom Brady eventually playing in a Raiders uniform. Uh, Dana White tried to con- uh, convert, convince Brady to come to Las Vegas, even though he's a Patriots fan. Tried to get Brady to Vegas. John Gruden and Brady would be very funny. I don't know. I I think that'd be fun to watch Brady in Vegas. Los Angeles Chargers to attack of Viola. Uh, Chargers were linked with either Justin Herbert or. Two in this draft, there was basically like, if one of them's gone, we're going to take the other one. From what it sounded like, I know in my last mock draft for last year's draft, didn't do that because I listened to, I think, Peter King. But I don't remember who I listened to because I didn't end up doing that because I'm an idiot. But, two on the Chargers was talked about during last year's draft. Why not just do it here? NFC North, this one was just a total crapshoot. Again, Daniel Jones, similar situation. Chicago Bears, Gardner Minshew. The Bears are reportedly going hard for quarterbacks this offseason. So, <laughs> this is the best they get. <laughs> it's a Bears thing. I just feel like the Bears would totally do this. If it was Mike Glennon, whoever the starter for the Jaguars would be. 
That's where I threw in Chicago. Mike Glennon or Gardner Minshew? That's just who I'm throwing in Chicago. Mike Glennon, very fond memories of Mike Glennon in Chicago. Detroit, Alex Smith. He seems to be the kind of guy that Dan Campbell would really like. Not one of those kind of guys that doesn't matter how hurt I am. I'm just going to keep playing. He doesn't want to retire, apparently. Those are the reports that came out today. He wants to play. Dan Campbell has talked about biting off kneecaps. Well, Alex Smith's playing after almost dying, after getting almost getting his leg amputated, and he's still playing. That's the type of guy Dan Campbell would look for. So I have Alex Smith going to Detroit. Green Bay, I threw in Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, a similar skill set to that of Aaron Rodgers. Not exactly the same skill set, but has a strong arm, would work very well. I think it'd be fun to watch Matt Ryan play for Green Bay. Now, I know people say, oh, he plays in the Dome. He went to college at Boston College. He's played outside in the cold before, so I don't think that would be a big step for Matt Ryan. It'd be fun to see him and Matt LeFleur work up in Green Bay. Minnesota, Drew Locke. Yeah, that's, I mean, Pat Schumer used to work for the Minnesota Vikings, so I threw him up in Minnesota. I might have had other reasoning for that, but I just threw him in Minnesota. He was another one of those quarterbacks where I was kind of just stuck and trying to figure out where I wanted to throw him. So I threw him in Minnesota. Sorry, Vikings fans, you're not liking that. Atlanta, I threw in Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, you've got Arthur Smith down there. Ryan Tannehill's the uh, quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. Arthur Smith used to be the OC for the Tennessee Titans. Link back up, link back up in Atlanta. Uh, Carolina, Joe Burrow. Joe Brady is the offensive coordinator there for the Carolina Panthers. You see what they did down in LSU. Worked that magic down in LSU. Do it again in Carolina. Uh, New Orleans, Dak Prescott from Louisiana. Him and Sean Payton would be very fun. He's got weapons and Calvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, Jared Cook. You've got pieces down there for Dak Prescott, and that would be fun to watch him with Sean Payton. Tampa Bay, Matt Stafford, same style of quarterback that Bruce Arians loves to have. Matthew Stafford, a gunslinger similar to that of like, who are we going to talk about? Carson Palmer, Ben Roethlisberger, just throw it deep, cannon for an arm, tough dude. It'd be fun to watch down in Bruce Arians' style of offense. Dallas through Baker Mayfield. He's from Texas. He's got a big personality. I think Jerry Jones would really like a guy like Baker Mayfield down in Dallas playing for the Cowboys. New York Giants, Ben Roethlisberger. If everything went as planned in the 20, 2004 NFL Draft, Eli Manning would have been a Charger. Ben Roethlisberger would have been a Giant, and Phillip Rivers would have been a Pittsburgh Steeler. That's how everything would have worked out. That's what it looked like it was going to do. Because if you listen to any draft videos from back then, you can hear the players even talk about that. There's a whole path to the draft thing about the 4 draft with Ben Roethlisberger's agent sitting down telling Ben, if Eli stays with the Chargers, we're going to New York. But Eli wants to get the publicity and the media up in New York, so we're probably going to fall a little bit because they're going to take Phillip Rivers because the Chargers want Phillip Rivers. So that's how that whole situation went out. Now Big Ben is in, you know, New York. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, now I don't think I, I think I actually threw out Phillip Rivers, so I should have updated that start thing. Philadelphia Eagles, I threw Jacoby Brissett. Head coach Nick Sirianni was the OC in Indianapolis. He worked with Jacoby Brissett. So why not throw him in Philly? I don't think Eagles fans would be too happy about that. But he's in Philly now. Thank you to the Logan Blackman Show for coming up with this great connection. I like Jacoby Brissett. 
but he's not an NFL starter. He's a very good backup, one of the best backups in the NFL, as he was when he was the backup for Andrew Luck. But he's a fine quarterback, nice bridge quarterback, but he's not going to win you anything. But he is the quarterback for Philly. Washington, Cam Newton. This is obviously link, obvious link here. Cam Newton, Ron Rivera, link back up in Washington, the nation's capital. Why not run it back like he did down in Carolina? Uh, now the NFC West, the last division, Arizona, Patrick Mahomes. Jeez, er, Patrick Mahomes with DeAndre Hopkins would be fun to watch. Cliff Kingsbury was obviously Patrick Mahomes' head coach while he played for Texas Tech. So now they're reunited in Arizona. Los Angeles, Kirk Cousins. Sean McVay was the OC, one of the OCs, in Washington with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins could reunite with Sean McVay out there in Los Angeles and be the Rams' starting QB. San Francisco, Aaron Rodgers. He said he always wanted to be a 49ers quarterback. Him and Kyle Shanahan would be fun to watch together. He got passed on by the 49ers in the 2005 draft for Alex Smith, so he goes back there now and wreaks havoc on the NFL with the Niners. And last but not least, Seattle Seahawks take Josh Allen from the Buffalo Bills. The Seahawks were reportedly, we talked about this during the summer last year, the Seahawks were reportedly going to trade Russell Wilson to the Cleveland Browns for the number one overall pick in 2018. And with that number one overall pick, they were going to select Josh Allen, if you believe what the report says. But that's what it said back then. And I'm going to put it here now. So in this new, weird NFL league that I've got going on here with every get, every quarterback at a different team, here's a recap. Kyler Murray in Baltimore, Jared Goff in Cincinnati, Mitch Trubisky in Cleveland, Sam Darnold in Pittsburgh, Lamar Jackson in Houston, Carson Wentz in Indy, Daniel Jones in Jacksonville, Derek Carr in Tennessee, Teddy Bridgewater in Buffalo, Russell Wilson in Miami, Jimmy Garoppolo in New England, Deshaun Watson in New York with the Jets, Justin Herbert with the Broncos, Jameis Winston with the Kansas City Chiefs, Tom Brady with the Raiders, Tua with the Chargers, Gardner Minshew with the Bears. Sorry, Bears fans. You might like Gardner. I don't know. Detroit, Alex Smith, Matt Ryan in Green Bay, Drew Locke in Minnesota, Ryan Tannehill in Atlanta, Joe Burrow in Carolina, Dak Prescott in New Orleans, Matthew Stafford in Tampa, Baker Mayfield in Dallas, Ben Roethlisberger with the Giants, Jacoby Brissett with the Eagles, Cam Newton with the Washington football team, Patrick Mahomes in Arizona, Kirk Cousins in L.A. with the Rams, Aaron Rodgers with the 49ers, and Josh Allen with the Seattle Seahawks. Yes. Fun. Fun stuff. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of moving, at least from what the the reports are, that there's going to be a lot of moving this offseason in regards to NFL quarterbacks. I don't know how true they are on how much movement we could be seeing, but it seems like every single quarterback is linked with a move away from their current team this offseason. Like, if I just went through every single team in the NFL, Tua's been linked somewhere with the Dolphins. They've been looking to trade him, apparently, or trade in a quarterback so he would be gone. Patriots are going to add a quarterback. The Jets are looking to possibly trade Sam Darnold. The Pittsburgh Steelers might be looking to add a quarterback. The Texans, the Colts, the Jaguars, the Broncos maybe, the Raiders maybe, Seattle maybe, San Francisco maybe. Then we got New Orleans, Carolina, maybe Atlanta. And who else? The Bears, maybe. The the or no, the Bears, yes. Washington football team, the Eagles. Like every team is linked with either a quarterback moving away or getting traded in and then losing another quarterback. Then we can throw the Dallas Cowboys in there. I think the only teams that have been linked with zero moves this offseason 
are the Bills, the Ravens, Bengals. Browns have been even a little bit, but the Titans haven't. The Chargers, Chiefs, Cardinals, the Buccaneers really haven't. And I think that's it. I think every team has been linked with a move away from their quarterback. The Packers even. With Aaron Rodgers, those reports came out. It's not necessarily them wanting to trade Aaron Rodgers, but he has been linked with moves away. But with all these quarterbacks possibly on the move, I ranked the best fits for all quarterbacks. Now, it's regardless of quarterbacks. If I'm a free agent quarterback, I want to go to these locations first. Okay? So starting off at number one, the Indianapolis Colts. If I was a free agent, I would want to go to the Colts yesterday. I'd want to go to the Colts as soon as possible. Why? They got a quarterback-friendly head coach in Frank Reich. Frank Reich. An elite offensive line. Good young weapons out wide and in the running back position. They're a stable organization. And they have cap space. Everything that this team... They have nothing but positives with this organization at this current point in time. If I'm a quarterback and I'm looking to be traded or a free agent, I want to go to Indy. Because out of all the situations in the NFL, they could be one to rectify a dead career. Like we could be seeing Carson Wentz or Sam Darnold, who have presumably dead careers that need to be resurrected a little bit, go to Indy. They would be fixed there. Hopefully. But that's the best situation for any free agent quarterback. Next, you got the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan, offensive-minded head coach. Then you've got weapons outside. We've already talked about their weapons in the running game and out wide. Got the, one of the best top two tight ends in the NFL. Decent offensive line. And you've got a great defense when they're healthy. The Colts have a good defense as well, but the 49ers have a great one when healthy. That's their problem when healthy. The 49ers got beat up with injuries and COVID more than any team this, off, this past season. Them and the Patriots and then the Cowboys to a certain extent were all drilled with COVID and injuries. But man, that's the main problem. That's the main reason I'm separating San Francisco and the Colts is the injury factor, and I like the Colts off to line a little bit more. That's my main reasoning behind that. Uh, number three, the Carolina Panthers. Christian McCaffrey at running back. Good weapons outside Robbie Anderson and G.J. Clark. Matt Rule and Joe Brady, two offensive-minded head coaches. Joe Brady would be awesome to work with as a quarterback coming in. And a young and soon-to-be-improving defense. Their entire draft last year was spent on defensive players. That is a positive sign that they are trying to address the defensive side of the ball. They've got two very good defenders with their first two picks, and Derek Brown and Jeremy Chin. I'd love to go to Carolina. Now, I don't think they'll be adding a free agent or trading a quarterback, trading for a quarterback. I think they're going to use this to draft a quarterback. And that's what they're more likely to do. Number four, the Miami Dolphins. They have a great defense and are trying to establish a culture there. The only problem is... Defensive head coach could be a little bit of an issue as opposed to the other three teams we already mentioned, offensive head coach. Now, that doesn't mean it's a terrible destination. You look at some of the great, the best teams in the NFL, Mike Tomlin, defensive guy, Sean McDermott, defensive guy, a few others out there that are defensive. It doesn't really hurt you too bad. The Dolphins obviously won 10 games last year with a defensive head coach. But their offensive coordinator situation is weird. They got co-offensive coordinators this year from within – so we'll see how that works out for the Miami Dolphins. But they have cap space. They have draft picks. So they're going to draft and get you weapons out wide. And you get to play in Miami. That's pretty fun. Nice warm weather. 
The only problem is you got to play in like probably the coldest division in football in the AFC East. That and the AFC North, the two coldest divisions of football. Number five, the Washington football team. Soon to be elite defense. That defense is on the rise and fast. And then you got an established culture already. After one year, they've already got an established culture. You got some decent young weapons and Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson at running back. So that's very desirable. And an improving O-line. If you can bring Brandon Sheriff back, that's going to be big. That'd be a fun team to go for. You're playing in the nation's capital. It'd be fun. That'd be a fun situation to go to. The Jets are number six. I flip-flopped seven, six and seven a lot. I put the Jets with a new leadership. The potential there is massive. When you look at all the people they could bring in with the draft picks they have and the cap space they have, that'll be big. And you're playing in New York City, which could be a positive and a negative, but the potential there is big. Robert Sala, Mike LaFleur is an offensive coordinator. That's a fun situation to try and be in and try to resurrect the Jets franchise, which has been dead for about 50 years. Number seven, the Denver Broncos. Young offensive weapons. We've already talked about their weapons. Experience in the coaching field. Now, I don't think Vic Fangio is a great head coach, but he's a very good defensive coach, defensive coordinator, and you've got a good defense. So that's all very beneficial. I think the potential with the Jets, you can like we can sculpt this into be whatever we want, which would be very, very fun to do. And I know John Elway was the former GM. He, st- I, I, he either stepped down as GM or gave himself more power. I'm not sure how that whole situation went down. But Denver would be fine. That'd be a very nice location. These are not bad locations at all. There's not really any bad locations on this list. Number eight, the Chicago Bears. Offensive-minded head coach. Great defense. Yeah, you need to work on the offensive line and your front office is very weird. But you could, you could fix that. You could be that guy that helps push the Bears forward. I don't know if I want to work with the front office. The O-line would definitely need to be improved. But I like the situ- I like the offense we might be going into here. Maybe. Uh, number nine, the Saints. The Saints are a weird team. Because if we're talking about weapons, out of all of this group, they've got the best pure weapons out of anybody. And Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. But they have... No cap space. They're going to be $100 over the cap space. They have no draft picks because they uh, they were illegal, I guess. In, uh, that's the word I used. I'm sorry. In COVID-19 stuff, they – what is the word I'm looking for? They didn't do COVID-19 right. Let's just say it like that. That's the problems here. We're talking about, like, weapons and coaching. Sean Payton there too. That's very awesome. I would love to go there. But I don't know. It'll be weird. It's a weird situation. I might raise them a little bit higher because they'd be a very fun team to play for. Uh, Number 10, the Patriots. You get Bill Belichick. Josh McDaniels has an OC, not the head coach. Josh McDaniels has an OC, but cap space is also very good. Players are coming back, which is also a positive, but you have absolutely no weapons. Zero. Zilch, not out of all the people that got hurt or opted out to COVID, none of them were really offensive players. Now, Julian Edelman, he was out. But that was about it. You looked at all the weapons the Patriots had last season. That was all of them. Regardless of injuries or not, that was all of them. And good Lord, that's not very desirable to go to. You heard Matthew Stafford. You could trade me to any team in the NFL, just not the Patriots. It's not a very desirable location to be in right now. Number 11, ah, this is a little mean. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. This list is a little weird. 
Because on on the face of it, you'd be like, wow, this is a very fun situation to be in. But I shouldn't say this. There's just situations that I would rather go into than other situations, okay? I'm not saying these are terrible locations, except for the last one. But I'd be fine with going to really any of these situations. I would just like to preface that. It's not really a damnation on these lower teams, but more of a positive towards the better teams that I would rather go to that have more fun stuff to play with, I guess. The Raiders, you've got John Gruden as a head coach, so that'd be very fun, but his offense is very complicated from what historians have told you about the NFL. John Gruden is very hard on his quarterbacks and expects a lot, which is not a bad thing. And His offense is very hard to grasp if you're a new guy coming in. One of the hardest offenses to grasp out of any head coach in NFL history from an offensive perspective. Now, the other thing is, O-line, it's all right. You've got decent weapons outside. you got Josh uh, Josh Jacobs in the backfield, which is always very good. Darren Waller at tight ends, very fun. Wide receivers are all right. Young receiver in Henry Ruggs is fun. Who knows if Nelson Aguilar comes back. But defensively, they're on the uptick. But they went from like 32 to 30 to 24. So, I mean, they're on the uptick. They're going up. But it's not great. I'll just say that. And you're playing for the poorest owner in the NFL, which is not a poor person, but comparatively to the other owners in the NFL, it's not great. So, I don't know. It'd be a very weird situation. You get to play in Vegas, which could be a positive and a negative thing. You've seen that be a positive and negative thing for the Vegas Golden Knights, as you don't have a lot of fans there. You have more tourists coming there that are visiting Vegas and want to go to a game, which could be a good and bad thing. And then the Texans, uh, just nah. That's just essentially what I what I wrote down for Texans. Nah. Just no, I don't want to play there. And then Jacksonville, I had them on here too, but they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence, so I don't want to go there either. But the Colts, to me, are the best situation to be in out of all the places in the NFL. Them and the Niners are two very desirable spots, and the Carolina Panthers would be a very fun team to be with as well. Those are my top three, Colts, Niners, Carolina Panthers. I would love to play for all of those situations. It would be fun, very fun. And before we close out the show, I wanted to talk about that fan-controlled football thing. I don't know too much about it, to be 100% honest with you. I kind of—I didn't even know it was really on. I just saw it pop up on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> I didn't see it. I, it just came up out of nowhere. But man, from what the highlights showed, I should have watched it. Because it looked very fun. I looked like it. The uniforms, good lord, they're not great. God, I don't know what this, the the aces, the flying aces, wild aces, my bad. Their helmet is a dude with sunglasses on with a bandana on. The uniforms are not pretty to look at. They're like gradient, which we have talked about ad nauseum, how much I dislike gradient uniforms. The wild aces are purple, pink, teal, and black. It's a very weird color combination, and they look like you made them on Madden, essentially. Not Madden, we said this before. Like on the arena football video game. The beasts are on here. They are green, like lime green, and then an aqua green or something. Gold, and then black, and then dark green. It's a very weird color. It's a, it, They're very weird to look at. They're gradient as well. I don't like gradient. We've taught it, and every single team has gradient in there. The zappers... Probably the my least favorite name out of all of these teams. But this is the team Johnny Manziel is on. So that's pretty fun. 
yeah, these uniforms, the gradient ones aren't great. And even just like, they don't show the pants on here. They don't really go with the pants either. They got their gray pants with like a weird Iowa Barnstormer style jersey, but not that jersey. I don't know how to explain the Zappers jerseys. And then the last one, my favorite team name, the Glacier Boys. Goodness gracious, the drip coming out of this team. Now they got a logo on their jersey which is something that the other teams do not possess. On the jersey, like in the jersey, like right below the numbers, there's a logo there. And I love it. Glacier Boys. That is my team, the Glacier Boys. I, <laughs> It's a weird thing. They did rock, paper, scissors instead of a coin toss. The fans get to choose everything that goes on. Marshawn Lynch is a broadcaster there. But these Zappers uniforms, good Lord, it's just a bunch of different colors. I don't know. They're weird uniforms, okay? It just symbols that the logos are interesting as well. The Glacier Boys are a polar bear. The Beasts are a weird, I think it's a dragon. The Zappers are a Z with a lightning bolt. And the the Wild Aces, I don't even know what to call that logo. But I love it. I love it all. I've got to try and watch one of these games next time. I don't know where they're where you can watch them or when they're on. But I'm going to try and watch it. So for those of you who are wondering, because I know a lot of you were, the Beasts beat the Zappers 48-44, to and the Wild Aces beat the Glacier Boys, sadly, 30-22. to And they've all got these weird gray pants and silver helmets, at least from the ones I could see. Maybe they're all, maybe they're different. Maybe they're different, I just can't tell the difference. Maybe I'm colorblind, I just don't know. But it's weird. It's very weird. It's just weird. I don't know if I like it. <laughs> I don't know if I like it. It's a very weird situation we got going on here with fan-controlled football. Hey, fan-controlled football will be working out. I don't know. We'll watch watch it next week. At least try to watch it next week. I don't know if we will. I don't know. But, hey, you and I football is back this weekend, or Friday, I guess, so that'll be very, very fun to watch. Make sure you tune into that. Try to find it on TV or something. The Daytona 500 is back on right now, so I'm going to go upstairs and watch that. Uh, they had a massive wreck right after the race started, 15 laps in. Every, 16 cars got wrecked. So we'll see how that goes. My dad's upstairs watching it right now, or he's in the basement right next to me watching it. I'm not really sure. But, yeah, I'm going to go back up and watch that. That's all I've got for you today. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I will see you all later. Peace.